The pioneer of artificial intelligence, or AI, is officially off the trail. He's known as the godfather of AI, and he was most recently a vice president at Google. No more. He resigned. Here's why. He's afraid of AI. Jeffrey Hinton's work on creating brain-like networks for machines has done more to shape the current advances in artificial intelligence than anyone else. AI can now write entire stories and generate pictures that look and sound for real, amazing, but concerning. Is AI too powerful? Hinton resigned because of it. He left so that he could talk about the dangers. AI might eliminate jobs, but scarier, it'll contribute to disinformation. Already, AI-generated pictures are fooling the masses. The AI world is a world where many who won't even know what's true anymore. Not us. Christians know truth is not a proposition. It's a person. We know Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. AI can never change that. Welcome to Haven Today here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. For years... The people of Israel waited for the Lord to answer his promises, 400 years to be exact. The last prophet had died, there was no more king, the temple was rebuilt, but it wasn't quite as glorious as it was at first under Solomon. The Lord had promised to send a deliverer, a savior, a messiah, but where was he? Was he ever going to come, or had the Lord abandoned his people? These were questions so many were thinking. There were questions you and I sometimes find ourselves asking when things aren't going especially well or when a tragedy suddenly strikes. Where is the Lord? Where is the Deliverer that He promised to us? In a moment, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 2 and see the time when Jesus made it very clear that He had been sent by His Father as the Messiah. And the scripture He read that He fulfilled was from Isaiah 61. It's so powerful, and I know you'll be blessed by it. And we'll also listen to this moment as it's presented in The Chosen, Season 3. There's never been anything like this show. Episode after episode, telling the story of Jesus. I asked Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, if he expected the series to be a hit. I know this may sound like a cop-out answer, but I, I genuinely didn't have expectations for the show because all I was concentrating on was making that season one, the best possible show it could be that honored God and honored the scriptures. So the fact that the show has um, gotten to be as successful as it's gotten and and has reached so many people uh, on one hand, I didn't expect that, but on the other hand, I did not expect it. I mean, I've gotten Mm -hmm. used to the fact that God can do anything at this point. It's not my job to feed the 5,000. It's only to provide the loaves and fish. So I don't worry about um, how many, how many uh, people are, are watching or not. However, I will say that the, Biggest surprise has been the the lack of age b- restrictions on who loves the show. So I didn't expect kids to love it, um, even though it's it's not you know uh, inappropriate or anything. But we've heard from parents of five year olds whose kids want to watch it every day. It's proven to me that when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the stories of the Gospels, uh, God will remove the scales from people's eyes, and He will remove those barriers and those hurdles. And uh, hearing people say that that they just feel like the scriptures are coming alive, uh, including teenagers and, and even young young children. Mm-hmm. That's probably been the biggest surprise for me. That was Dallas Jenkins. He created The Chosen, a multi-season program on the life of Jesus, 
And then after this program, I want to send you all three seasons of The Chosen for your minimum gift to support Haven Today. As you watch this well-produced yet faithful to the scriptures series, you'll often find your own story in the lives of those who are around Jesus. I think you'll be moved with gratitude that he's called you as his own. So why don't you visit haventoday.org after the program, where we have many different resources connected with The Chosen. There's a full-length interview I did with Dallas on the radio, as well as a video that I shot with him in Dallas, plus clips from the show as well. And after you've done all that, may I invite you to make a gift so that we can send you the chosen DVDs right away. Just go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or you can call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And now, it's been a while since we opened with this song by Chris Tomlin, one of the most famous songs that he's ever sung. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so
blessed Jesus, Messiah, on a haven today called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. I'm Charles Morris. Imagine with me that you had been waiting for the Messiah. You believed he was coming, but it had taken so long, century after century of waiting. So what if during church this coming weekend, a man walked into the sanctuary, stood up in the pulpit, and announced, I am the Messiah? How would you respond? What if it were a man who grew up in your neighborhood, whose parents and family you knew well? How would you respond if someone you'd known since they were a child or a baby stood up and proclaimed himself to be the deliverer that the Lord God had promised all those years ago? This is exactly what happened when Jesus went to his hometown, Nazareth, during his earthly ministry. He stood up in the synagogue, he announced who he really was, and it didn't go down too well. The story comes to us from Luke chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, Scripture tells us, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and was seated. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened upon him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I've read that passage many times in Nazareth, leading an Israel tour, and it has a profound effect still even today. The scroll was from Isaiah 61, one of the clearest prophecies of the Messiah that we have. It tells of a person who will rescue the Lord's people once and for all, set captives free, proclaim good news to the downtrodden, the outcast of society. The Messiah would deliver the Lord's people from bondage and misery. The year of the Lord's favor, the Jubilee year, as the book of Leviticus calls it, arrived at the coming of Jesus. The year when all things were made right and set free. All debts were to be forgiven, all promises restored. And there was Jesus, that day in Nazareth, standing there and saying, This is me. I am 
this servant of the Lord. His spirit has anointed me. The word Messiah means anointed one, so there is no question that Jesus was claiming to be who he was. He was saying he was the deliverer. So how did they respond that day in Nazareth? Instead of reading the text, I want us to listen to a scene from the newest season of The Chosen. Jesus just completed reading in the synagogue, Isaiah 61. The fulfillment of this scripture, as you have heard it, is today. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is a year of jubilee, a year of the poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, and the blind are offered redemption. Here, now. We are with you. Keep going. Not bad for a carpenter's son, yes? <laughs> I mean, especially Joseph. May he rest in peace. Jesus, please explain why you stopped the reading before Isaiah spoke of the day of vengeance of our God, especially during a time of such oppression. The day of vengeance is in the future. I'm not here for vengeance. I'm here for salvation. You're here for salvation. What are you saying? You know what I'm saying. And this year of Jubilee, this year of the Lord's favor, is not about release from financial debts. I'm here to provide release from spiritual debt. We're the chosen seed of Abraham. We don't have spiritual debt. Jesus. Yes, sir. We've been hearing about the signs and wonders. And now this? Are you claiming to be more than a rabbi? More than even the baptizer? No doubt one of you will quote me the proverb, Physician, heal yourself. The things we heard you did in Capernaum and in Syria, do here in your hometown. Yes? Why not? I get it. It's always easier to accept hard truths and even greatness from strangers than from those you know well. It's easier to accept hard truths from strangers than from those we know too well. It was true in Jesus' time as well as ours. Sometimes it takes someone we don't know at all telling us that we are wrong to finally see why and begin to make a change. Jesus knew that. He knew that his hometown would have a hard time understanding his teaching and receiving it. He knew that whether he did miracles there or not, they would have a hard time accepting him as the promised one. And did you catch what they asked him? Are you saying you're more than a rabbi? That you're more than even the baptizer? Meaning John, of course. They understood what he was saying. He was saying that he didn't come just to teach and expound the law. That's what rabbis were experts in. And if you ever meet a rabbi, especially an orthodox one, you'll know they take their position seriously. There isn't a word or even a punctuation mark in the original Hebrew that a rabbi hasn't had to explain at one point or another. They know their stuff. Jesus was a rabbi, but not just that. He wasn't a baptizer either. John, his cousin, baptized in preparation for Jesus' coming. But Jesus was more than that. And even John, his cousin, said so. 
John said Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with water. Jesus was greater than his cousin John. But his hometown had a hard time understanding this. It's almost like they didn't want it to be true. And that's why they wanted to say to him, Physician, heal yourself. It was an old proverb, and here's what it means. If someone claims to be a doctor, but they can't fix their own broken hand, then maybe they aren't a doctor. If you claim to do something, you should be able to prove that that's who you are, right? Doctors should be able to fix themselves of minor injuries. The Messiah should be able to prove his identity. But Jesus didn't want to play their game. Instead, he reminded his neighborhood of their own history. Remember when Elijah the prophet was around many years even before that? No one believed him, even though he was doing miracles throughout the land. The kings and the people thought he was a madman, a troubler of Israel. They thought he was dangerous. But the downtrodden, the widows, and even the despised Naaman from Syria believed him. They knew who he was, and they had faith in the Lord because of his ministry to them. Elijah was a prophet, even though his own people rejected him and even tried to kill him. When Jesus said this, do you know what happened? All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, they drove him out of the village, and they took him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. You can still see that tabletop mountain today. They wanted to throw him off the cliff. But what does scripture tell us? He walked right through the crowd and went on his way. They got angry. They were furious at him because of his audacity. He wasn't claiming to be just a rabbi. He wasn't claiming to be merely a healer. He was claiming to be the Messiah, the prophet sent from the Lord to rescue his people, a prophet even higher than Elijah. And that infuriated them. So much that his own hometown neighbors wanted him dead. They were ready to drive him off that cliff, but he escaped. And he left not because he wasn't willing to die. Jesus, the Messiah, came in order to die. He knew that was how his life would end. He came willingly, knowing that death was to come. But he escaped because he wasn't willing to die yet. It wasn't his time. He hadn't gone to Jerusalem for the final time. The hour had not come. Jesus knew what needed to be done, and getting thrown off a cliff was not part of the story. He came to save his people. He came to teach us the gospel and the truth of the Lord's promises. He came to redeem our souls from the bondage of slavery and to show us what true kingdom compassion looks like. And ultimately, he came to die for us, to rise again from the dead. And the truth of Isaiah 61 is that Jesus is the anointed one, the only one who could set the captives free. All we need to do is trust, to fall upon him, and to place our salvation in his hands. Instead of questioning and doubting, he's calling us to trust. He is the Savior. He will never, never fail to keep his promises. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that love could rescue the souls of
This is Haven Today in a program called Signs and Sermons of Jesus. Susan Ashton there and wonderful, merciful Savior. I really want you to watch The Chosen. My wife and I started watching the first season during the pandemic, and we enjoyed watching it together. And now there are three seasons out, the third just released. I want you and those you love to see it as well. And as you watch, you'll see the story of Christ in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him. People like Matthew, the tax collector, Peter, the fisherman, Mary. Who were they? What were they like before they met Jesus? How did the message of the gospel change their lives? As you watch all three seasons of The Chosen, you'll see your life in the lives of those around Jesus and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel can truly transform us. So for your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I'd like to send you all three seasons on DVD of The Chosen. You can go visit our website. We put up some clips from The Chosen. Look at the video that I shot with Dallas in Texas, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just want to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And just as we go, if you were listening last week and wanted to get Nancy Guthrie's most helpful book called What Every Kid Needs to Know About Prayer, we still have copies and can send it to you or someone you love right away for your gift to the ministry. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Do you remember a time when you were younger and thought you were in danger? Perhaps a crazy dog at the end of the street. There was nothing you could do except to run. But then someone bigger than you showed up, and suddenly you were safe again. King David was facing danger throughout his life. Evil people wanting to end his life and destroy Israel. He certainly felt scared at times, but in those moments, he cried out to the Lord. There's one example of this in Psalm 5. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Do you feel afraid today? Cry out to the Lord. He'll be your refuge from danger. He'll bring you joy. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.